While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. Lutherans don't recognize the Bishop of Rome as being the supreme leader in the church. Catholics don't recognize the one true holy Christian church apart from the Pope. And Baptists don't recognize each other at the liquor store. And the two disciples on the road to Emmaus, of course, don't recognize Jesus. I'll tell you what, biblical jokes are the best. In fact, every line, every line in the Bible is one set up after another. And biblical setups always end with Isaac, whose name means laughter. Isaac is the seed, the seed of Abraham, through which salvation of the entire world would come. Meaning, salvation, indeed, comes through laughter. And God always gets the last laugh. But he doesn't want to laugh at you. God, in fact, wants to laugh with you. Now, sometimes you don't laugh. You don't think the joke is that funny, but that's not necessarily because there's something defective in the joke. It's because you simply don't get it. I could stand up here and tell you jokes about Fort Worth, Texas until the cows came home. You would not think it was funny, although in fact the jokes would themselves be hilarious. Now some jokes are killed when you have to explain them. Other jokes though get funnier. And the reason why that is, is because it's so obvious and when it is explained to you, you feel so dumb, you feel so silly, that you didn't get it the first time. And this is exactly how biblical jokes, that one biblical joke that ends in Isaac works. And it's so obvious, you feel so silly. And the biblical joke is, in fact, worth explaining. Because the punchline, my friends, is eternal life. And so what we'll do this morning is actually we will we'll explore the anatomy of a joke. Because the road to Emmaus is very much set up like this. It's a simple three-part joke. There's a setup, there's a build, and then there is a punchline. And jokes end with joy. So first, the setup. Now this should be intriguing, attention-grabbing. It should really gather the audience in, like the Israelites being enslaved in Egypt for hundreds of years, or like an Israelite judge named Ehud, who was left-handed, even though he was of the tribe of Benjamin, which means, son of my right hand. Or, it is like a bunch of children making fun of Elisha for being bald. Now the setup to the road to Emmaus is this. Three days earlier, Jesus just died on the cross. And he had risen from the dead that morning, except the two disciples either don't know it or they don't believe it. Now they've heard the witness, the testimony of the women. Either way, they don't grasp it. And so they are talking about Jesus... When who shows up? Jesus. I mean, this is the entire premise behind the show Undercover Boss. And most of you sign up for that premise to watch CEOs flip cheeseburgers with their employees who have no idea what is going on. Now, why does Jesus keep the disciples from recognizing him? Why doesn't he just show up and say, hey guys, surprise, it's me? It's because Jesus wants to bring us through the journey. So many people have said things like this. Man, uh, why, didn't, uh, why didn't the giant eagles just 
just fly Frodo to Mordor right away in the first book? Why, why, why suffer through three volumes of, of Lord of the Rings? The answer is obvious, because then there'd be no book. <laughs> and Jesus writes the best books, 66 of them, to be precise. And good writing is meant to be read. It is meant to be enjoyed. This is what happens when you're assigned something to read, particularly in middle school and high school, and I see it in college all the time too, and you don't want to read it. So what do you do? You go to the Spark Notes, you try to get the synopsis of the book, but then you show up to class, and how's the class discussion? It's awful, because everybody is pretending as if they've read it, and they even haven't even cracked it open. You gotta read the Bible. The Spark Notes just won't do. And every time you come back, it makes a little more sense. It is always edifying. It is always nourishing. And you even always find something laughable. So that's the setup. They are talking about Jesus to Jesus, even though they don't recognize that it's Jesus. Second part now is the bill. This is like an Egyptian princess going down to the Nile River, picking up a boy, and then paying that boy's own mother to nurse him. Or it's like that left-handed judge named Ehud telling the really, 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 really fat Moabite king Eglon, got a secret for you, buddy. Or, and this is where the uh, tension really builds, and the crowd starts to get a little bit uncomfortable, it's like Elisha calling down she-bears from heaven. Now this is the build in the Emmaus story. Then one of them named Cleopas answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? The irony is so thick, you could cut it with a knife. Cleopas is saying, Jesus, are you the, are you the only dummy? Are you the only dummy who doesn't know what's happened in Jerusalem? When in fact, Cleopas is the dummy. Because Jesus is the only one who knows what has happened in Jerusalem the last three days. But Jesus lets it continue because Jesus loves a good build. He is patient with Cleopas. And he is patient with you as well. And thanks be to God for that. And so Jesus plays dumb and says, What things? And then they tell Jesus about Jesus. And one thing that they say is particularly worth highlighting. Our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Do you hear what they said? They said... We thought he was going to redeem Israel, but all he did was be crucified. Is there another way? Is there another way to be redeemed apart from the crucifixion of our Lord? Sometimes we act as if the very best that God has to offer us isn't good enough. We actually say things like, I wish Jesus would have redeemed me, but all he did was die on the cross. Or I wish... We had hoped that Jesus would give us life, that he would give us abundant life, that he would give us salvation. But man, it's awfully hard being a Christian. We suffer many things. It's hard in this world, living out the faith. 
Is there redemption apart from our Lord's crucifixion? Is there a good life? Is there abundant life without suffering in this world as a Christian? No. God lets you struggle. And he does it because he doesn't want your hearts to grow cold or complacent. He doesn't want your spiritual muscles to grow weak. It is in the suffering. It is in the crucifixion. It is in the preaching of Christ and him crucified that your hearts burn warm. And then soon, that fire appears on top of heads at Pentecost. And then soon, that fire consumes the entire world. My friends, God is an all-consuming fire. And you are gold. And you need to be purified in that fire. But that's for your good. Because then and only then can the road to Emmaus be transformed into the pure gold streets of heaven. That is what we are building to. Third and lastly then comes the punchline. Now this should be funny, obviously. But oftentimes it has a twist, and that's the best punchlines. But then afterwards you feel so silly that you didn't see it coming. It's like that Egyptian princess picking up that Hebrew boy from the Nile and naming him Moses, because Moses means to draw out. But the punchline of that story, in fact, is that Moses draws out Israel from Egypt. And here's the Emmaus punchline. Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. What does Jesus do on the road to Emmaus? He opens up the Bible, and by doing so, he opens up himself. What's the word of God? There's two right answers. There is the written word, that is the Bible, and then the incarnate word, that is the word made flesh. And you need both. In order to understand the Bible, you need Jesus. And in order to understand Jesus, you need the Bible. And all of it, you can't just pick and choose what portions you want. Whenever you take scissors to the scriptures, you are playing the dumbest game of operation ever played. That's what Thomas Jefferson did. I don't know if you knew this. Thomas Jefferson took a scissors to the Bible. He found all the miraculous parts, and he cut them out because he said, I don't believe in that part. So what the Bible became then, all it was was ethical and moral admonitions. Now, I think what we've done is we've done the exact opposite. We've taken the scraps, the leftovers of Thomas Jefferson's Bibles. We like the miracles, but we don't like the ethics and the moral admonitions. But we need both. Whenever you take scissors to the Bible, it's a really silly game of operation. And you can't keep it straight anyways. You always hit the board. And so God sounds the alarm. He goes, eh, eh, stop it. Because you are making Jesus unrecognizable. Jesus is the setup. He is the build. And he is the punchline. Whenever you open up the scriptures, whether it be Zephaniah, Obadiah, Numbers, Deuteronomy, 1st and 2nd Timothy, 2nd Thessalonians, whatever it may be, you should see 
Christ's hands, his feet, and his side. You should see the marks of our Lord's crucifixion. If you open up the Bible and you do not see our Lord's crucifixion and his resurrection, you are reading it wrong. The Gospels are not random diary entries. The prophets are not random amalgamations of poetry. They are all written through Jesus' death and resurrection. They all attest to his glory. The crucifixion is not an afterthought. It is the thought. Then and only then can you get the Bible. Then and only then can you get the joke, can you get the Isaac and the laughter. And it's not only about getting the Bible, it's about getting life. Because when you get the Bible, then you start to understand life. Because through him, through Jesus, has all things been made. Through him and for him. You've all been created in the image of God. Well, who's that image? Jesus is the image of the invisible God. So if you're going to understand anything in this life, you've got to understand Jesus. Without Christ, there is no laughter, only gnashing of teeth. But with Jesus, there is in fact meaning, purpose, and yes, even laughter. My friends, it's not a cheap joke. It's not a cheap laugh. In fact, it cost God his very life. Once you get it, once you're baptized like Sophia was, you have a joy and a life eternal that cannot be taken from you. Sometimes we are so slow and foolish of heart, slow to believe, but Jesus comes and he explains it to us because he's patient. He breaks the bread, which is his body, and then at that moment, we understand it. And we should feel a little bit silly. I mean, how could you miss it? Joseph stands by a king, Pharaoh, just as Jesus stands by a king, Herod, and Pilate. And what's the result? Giving bread to the entire world. Moses stands like this. Stands like this, arms outstretched, and whenever he stood like this, like a cross, the Israelites defeated their enemy, the Amalekites. Rahab puts a scarlet cord outside of her door, outside of her window, and so she is saved, just as Jesus' scarlet blood is shed outside of the city. Joshua brings the Israelites into the promised land. Well, guess what the Greek name for Joshua is? It's Jesus. Only with that second Joshua are we really brought into the promised land. And then, of course, there's Isaac. Oh, sweet Isaac. Laughter. Willingly carries up the wood of sacrifice up the mountain so that his father can sacrifice him. And his father, Abraham, is willing to do so because he knows that when Isaac dies, he will be brought back from the dead. And that is exactly what has happened. Jesus is the son of David. He is the son of Abraham. He is the son of God. And Satan thought that he had killed God. They were popping champagne bottles in hell on Friday and Saturday. But remember, God always gets the last laugh. And here's the punchline. Alleluia, Christ is risen. Yeah.